don't stand the test of time I'm burning and a rising rate of fire Will you stay or will you go? When the time comes you will have to know But you're gonna stand and fight for your race When the storm rains, which way will you go? When the storm rains, you will have to know When the storm rains, what you gonna do? When the storm rains, can we count on you? Predictable is what I will say to you Did you listen to your love like a pack of fools? Now you can see what fools you were You had the chance but you blew it Now you're gonna face the storm and fight it When the storm rains, which way will you go? When the storm rains, do you want to know? When the storm rains, what you gonna do? When the storm rains, can we count on you? All the papers, the radio and TV Never known them tell the truth to me Only there to brainwash you their way Gotta learn to ignore them every day Broadcasting Network, it is March 12th, 2023, and I'm sure everybody's been talking, you know, I haven't been listening um, for the last few hours to anything except getting the broadcast together, but um, you know, starting on Friday and Moving in throughout the weekend, of course, this financial skullduggery that we see afoot. Very fascinating. You know, I I pulled up, I went back into my notes and some old clips that I've been playing for the last, what, month or two. And I decided to corral those and... Uh, just to get those back on to the broadcast, at least if you've been listening to this broadcast, you're you're not caught unawares. And so I think the first thing we're going to do is we'll go through a couple of these that I've played over the last month or two. Um I guess I'll go ahead and plug the uh, the chat. The number two incendiary radio dot dot com. You also got incendiary radio dot dot com, which is a free for all, unmonitored, and so forth. Um, you know, and you got Hooli's blog dot uh, blogspot dot com. Always puts the the show up. You know, it's really hard to find Hooli's uh, blog these days, the way these search engines are set up, I've noticed. But you can also find my stuff, I guess, um, on iTunes and iHeart and all this baloney. Um, I don't ever plug that stuff because those people don't need any plugging. Uh, So let's first talk about – because see – We've been talking about bail-ins, okay? Nobody's, you know, everybody's talking about what the Fed and Treasury's going to do to help these poor depositors, these these dirtbags out there in Silicon Valley. And and I got some stories pulled up that that might give you a little amusement. Um, But let's get clip four ready first. And this is very short, but... This is all the cabal of the FDIC, okay? So everybody's expecting the FDIC to come in and play saviors here, right? Well, especially if you got 250 grand or less. Now, if you're one of these people that threw millions into SVB, First Republic, Signature Bank, Silvergate Bank, you know, see a lot of people aren't talking about all of these. But let's go ahead and listen to clip four. Go ahead and roll that one real quick. Should be accessible when people need to know. But I don't think you have much hope of of reaching a public that doesn't have a professional need to know. 
I completely agree with that. I almost think you'd scare the public if you put this out. Like, why are they telling me this? Should I be concerned about my bank? Like, my insurance company doesn't tell me what they're doing with my assets. So they just assume they're going to pay my claim. Right? It's, it's, I, I think you've got to think of the unintended consequences of taking a public that has more full faith and confidence in the banking system than maybe people in this room do, <laughs> that <laughs> we want them to have full faith and confidence in the banking system. They know the FDIC insurance is there. They know it works. They put their money in. They're going to get their money out. So there, there's a select crowd of people that are in the institutional side. And if they want to understand this, they're going to find a way to understand this. There's a bunch of law firms represented in this room. There's a bunch of people that will charge them by the hour a lot of money to explain this all to them. And, and, and it's fine. I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that. And they all have huge staffs. But I would be careful about the unintended consequences of starting to blast too much of this out in the general public. I wondered whether there are some market tests of whether you're being heard. And I think about TLAC. So TLAC should, spread should respond to good and bad news about the institutions. And it's really important. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But they have, I mean, they're going to be. That's, and, and it could be an early warning signal to the FDIC and the primary regulators when these things happen. And there may be some other prices. This is uh, similar to what Jay was saying in the market that you can tell whether people understand how the who's going to be protected, who isn't going to be protected. It would be, I think, an interesting study to look at the evolution of market prices in a situation like March of 2020, for example, and see whether people understood what might happen. I'd like to go back to, to some of Dick's. Uh, go ahead, stop. I think there. it is hard. And I talked about TLAC, total loss absorbing capacity. So he's talking bail-ins right there. That's these FDIC guys. Other other words they use, remember in Cyprus, it's called a haircut. Okay. Now, there's an or article up on Revolver, okay? Um, and it's called Sorry Silicon Valley. Um, SVB's collapse is not a big deal. Okay. Well... I don't know enough about um, I don't know enough about uh, finance to really say, but I, I'm, I'm more of a, a layman here. But this is part of it. The FDIC is likely to have things wrapped no have wrapped things up within days after the articles posted. So why is SBV important? Unlike Lehman. Brothers, SVB is not an investment bank and not a key financial intermediary, okay? SVB has concentrated exposure to the U.S. tech sector, but its role in the global financial system appears to be limited to perhaps India. Well, they've got offices all over the place. So uh, Chicago, China, <clears throat> Europe, they're all over the place. So I don't, I don't know enough. So this is just the person writing the article for Revolver.News. Remember how I said the FDI insured up to 250000 Well, anything beyond that is given priority and payout so that uninsured depositors are paid before bondholders and equity holders, but no guarantee. SVB likely banked with high net worth individuals and companies so that the average uninsured asset holdings by venture capitalists far exceed what the FDIC will guarantee. The FDI seizing a bank so rapidly in midday is unusual because it normally takes a month or so to market a bank of this size. As usual, uninsured depositors will likely get receivership certificates which pay dividends over time with a delay and probably a haircut, i.e. not paid in full and certainly not in present value terms. If no buyers found, then you can count on an equity market fall on Monday. All the assets will be auctioned off, which is a process that will take a while. So why not worry? One reason not to worry is that how a bank fails matters. The simplest analysis divides banking 
bankruptcies into two types, insolvency and liquidity, illiquidity-driven bankruptcies. And insolvency bankruptcy occurs when a bank's assets are simply less than the present value of their costs. The bank's assets must be sold, and in laissez-faire world, someone holding the bank's liabilities must take a loss. Legal codes in the U.S. and most of the planet specify a priority of who takes losses first. Shareholders, bond holders, and depositors is the usual order. In the classic illiquidity-driven bankruptcy, a bank's assets present values present values are greater than the present values of its liabilities. Instead, the bank simply cannot pay out its short-term liabilities because its assets are tied up in longer-term assets. Maturity mismatch is when the maturity of the liabilities, i.e. when payments are due, is shorter than the maturity of the assets. Okay, And they're saying this is how SVP went broke. Okay, so they got all their money tied up in the, in the treasury bills and all this stuff is basically what he's saying. Okay, and so um, now, Mr. Producer, get clip five ready. I played this about a month ago on the broadcast. I went back into my clips and I dug it up. Um, This was people dealing with um, Bank of America. Go ahead and roll clip five. And everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over thirteen hundred dollars, and they're telling me to call customer service. And they, and they keep hanging up on people. This is another person here is also missing money. So we're trying to see what's going on. Money's missing today, and we need our money. And they're already telling us to call customer service, and customer service service ain't doing nothing about it. So just a heads up: if anybody's experiencing this, please let us know because this is not right. I'm missing fourteen hundred dollars from my account. And they're telling me that there's no way they can help us. This guy's missing money, too. This other person is missing money, too. And he's like, you missing money, too? There you go. So this is not something that's just one person. This is everybody's happening to them. And this is crazy. This is very crazy. Yes, Bank of America decided to take people's money without their consent. And we're asking what's going on, and they're giving us a runaround. Everybody for the same thing, man. Same thing. Okay. So that was Bank of America, and, I, and that that clip sounded real horrible to me. I couldn't hear it on my end. I don't know if you guys as the audience did or not. Um, but basically, they were all lined up at a Bank of America, I think out in California or Texas, and um, a, a bunch of people had money missing from their accounts. And something some very similar happened at Wells Fargo over this weekend. So you're seeing strange phenomenon happening at B of A and, and Wells Fargo. Now, um, and then, Mr. Producer, if you'd get clip six ready, and this is the CEO of Bank of America. I've been playing this one in the last uh, month or so. Um, this Mr. Moynihan, okay, Brian Moynihan, Brian Thomas Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America. Okay, Uh, go ahead and play clip six. They are preparing for the U.S. government to default on its debt. CEO Brian Moynihan of Bank of America talked about the possibility of the United States defaulting on its debt, saying, quote, you hope it doesn't happen, but hope is not a strategy. So you prepare for it. Now, over the past couple of years, it seems like the United States has inched closer and closer to defaulting than it has in a long time. Part of the reason for this is their insatiable appetite for spending trillions of dollars more than they ever did just a few years ago. And if the CEO of Bank of America says that defaulting on the country's debt is a possibility that cannot be ignored, well, then it's probably a possibility that should not be ignored. Now, especially in the mainstream media recently, there has been a huge push to eliminate the debt ceiling altogether. The thought process behind this is, look, uh, go ahead we know stop we it. raised the debt um, So this Mr. Moynihan, he's from up there in Boston, okay? And he has a Juris Doctor from University of Notre Dame, okay? He's a good Irish Catholic guy, all right? He was born in Marietta, Ohio, 
family of Irish, sixth of eight children in an Irish family. All right. Um, so basically, he has been the CEO since 2020. All right. Um, so here's what's funny. He currently lives in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Well, I found videos of people standing outside of um, this these FCB branch in Wellesley, Massachusetts, or it might have been First Republic, um, which if you look on the forex-strategy.com, banks in the United States may burn on Monday. And I sent this out to people, I think, Saturday night to a bunch of people. Giuseppe and a bunch of these guys, hijacker. And what was funny, it was SVB was at the top, First Republic right behind them, and then First Republic's been taken into some sort of a you know receivership type deal. And Signature Bank in New York, also the Fed and the uh, Treasury and the FDIC are involved with them. But then there's another one. It's called Zion's. And it's and it's and it's you know four letter acronym is Zion Zion's Bank Corporation North America. I found that one interesting. Fifth Third Bank, which used to be big around here, they're in danger. Um, so you know, very fascinating. And then you've got this Silvergate Bank, okay, which is big into crypto and all this stuff. And you know, I. There's some theories going around like hijackers got one that says basically the working theory is it was Biden's six point nine trillion budget that triggered the panic plus the 20 trillion over 10 years, moving the debt up to 51 trillion. Now, I'm hearing a bunch of different theories of why this went down. The big one was. uh, People had their money sitting there at. Uh, and if you get clip 11 pulled up, Mr. Producer, people had their money sitting there in SVB and it wasn't making that much. And in, as as the Fed kept ratcheting up these interest rates, uh, people saw these big heavyweights like Peter Thiel and all these people moving their money out and, and then moving into higher accruing, let's say um, – uh, instruments and so a bunch of people wanted to pull their money out it was only making a, p- a percent or whatever and they wanted to jump into these higher earning yield um, instruments that are out here okay and so uh, there was a run where these people wanted to get out of the lower earning you know um, deal here and they wanted to get into these higher earning brackets and, and instruments and so then this caused a, a bunch of this to happen so let's listen to a little bit of clip 11 go ahead and roll that one hey everybody josh here in a world alternative media here and we're joined by tim pachote the liberty advisor certified financial planner and we've all heard the news at this point Actually, can, can you forward that to 436? It's hard to really know where to start. Can you forward that to 436? One of the various presentations I've, I've given, I always find a way to sneak this concept in there. Uh, a lot of Austrian economists have also been talking about over the years of a bond market bubble. Uh, really, the only thing that's really surprised me is how long this has taken to manifest. But also, it's also important to note that what SVB is doing wasn't actually, I mean, I'll say in air quotes, that risky compared to, you know, something like an FTX or, you know, the, all the fraud that was going on there. So the concept of interest rate risk is when interest rates go up, the underlying values of bonds go down. So if you have a 10-year duration bond, rates go up 1%, you've got a million bucks, now your million bucks would now trade for $900,000. Rates go up 2%, it'd be probably about $780,000 because of compounding. If you're in a 30-year bond, rates go up 1%, your million bucks would, if you had to fire sale, it would be roughly $700,000. Now, interest rates, um, like a 10-year treasury, basically went from 03 to 5% within uh, you know, from March of 2020 till now. So that is a gigantic percentage increase. In Europe, the situation is even worse. So what basically a lot of these banks were doing is they were being forced for the past 15 years to basically 
invest into treasuries, which, you know, in air quotes are the safest things you could possibly invest in. And I've always, always contended that basically you're, you know, especially on the longer term ones or intermediate term ones, you're basically going broke safely. And so what is happening is these banks were getting, I mean, in March of uh, 2020, I want to say the tenor treasury was about 0.3. So what you're getting $3,000 per million invested, I mean, basically nothing. And so now what is happening is, and it's really rather ironic, is that SVB had a lot of their assets in these treasuries, and which have plummeted in value. And so when some of their bigger depositors wanted money, ironically enough, in many cases, to then invest into treasuries themselves. So I don't know exactly what SVP was paying depositors, but like most banks are paying still hardly anything. Let's say you're getting 1% to 2%, but you can get in a three-month treasury for about 5%. So why are you going to go park your money at the bank getting 1% or 2% when you can go ahead and go get 5% at a treasury? So ironically enough, some of their investors were probably pulling funds from their bank accounts to then invest into treasuries, which was an entire situation that was brought upon by 15 years of easy money and brought upon by the Treasury and Federal Reserve. And now you're seeing all these people calling for federal watchdogs and regulators when it was this insane policy that went on over the past 15 years, which exactly led to the situation. Now, for a lot of retirees, most of the time, just as a general rule of thumb, you're going to see most, you know, 55 people older, you're going to see about 40, 50% of their portfolios in bonds. Yeah. So a lot of the quote unquote safest things last year lost even more money than the stock market because of interest rate risk. Now, it's not only that and anything that Jim Cramer told people to invest in. Yeah. And so you have not only that, but then you also have the fact that the central banks all have you know tons of unrealized losses on their portfolios, so they don't actually have to do what they call mark to market, where they write down the losses. They just uh, they only have to do that when they need to fire sell these. And so a lot of banks are sitting on massive amounts of treasuries that are all way underwater, massive amounts of mortgage backed securities that are all underwater. And this isn't like 2008 where there's a bunch of bullshit mortgages that are going out to comp- people that you know could just fog a mirror and just prove that they you know didn't really have to prove anything. It wasn't that situation. It was hey. Some people wanted to move their money, and now they have. You know, if you used to be able to get, you know, two point eight percent on a mortgage, and now you can get six and a half or seven. Who's going to want to buy your two point eight percent, you know, yielding uh, note when now you can go out or bond, and now you can go out and get seven? So well, I want to mention something here because I mentioned earlier the article about you know this market guru saying that um, the, that this will this crisis will force uh, the Fed to slash rates by one hundred basis points to prevent contagion. So if you on one one side have to lower interest rates because of a potential you know run on several other banks and the collapse of other banks. Or you continue to raise interest rates to stop inflation. Which way do you go? Because it looks like no matter what happens here, they're going for broke. There's no good side. No matter what they do, it's going to end badly for people. In my opinion, all roads are going to lead to inflation and or more than likely hyperinflation and the loss of the dollar because it doesn't really matter what they do. And ultimately, you have to understand that what we call money is currency is all backed by debt. So in order to get a dollar into the system, there there has to be a core... But you get it. People are there's a bunch of people that yanked their money out to try to get more money. Now there was other things going on as well. Uh, we see that the CEO selling a bunch of uh, 3.6 million in the company stock before it failed. So it looks like he'll be okay, despite many other folks not being able to get their money. Turns out other top executives did too. Gregory um, Michael Zucker, how's that name for you? Zucker, huh? Remember Jeff Zucker, the council. So he's a lawyer. He sold 19% on February 5th. Daniel Beck, CFO, 32% on February 27th. Michelle Draper, CMO, 25% on February. They all knew. Um, But it seems that the real issue with the Silicon Valley Bank is the fact that the head of risk management was focused on something more important than their bank. And uh, And she's into all this ESG LGBT crap, okay? The diversity, equity, inclusion, environmental, social governance, the gay stuff. And so they they basically had this diversity hire, like little Indian chick, um, all involved with, with the woke agenda when, you know, she could just be a sacrificial lamb here. But um, a lot of people are throwing this one out there that, you know, um, that this person... 
the risk, the, there wasn't even a risk manager and you know, this person's off busy playing diversity games. Um, crazy stuff, you know, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully this doesn't turn into, you know, 1929 and this isn't the, uh, you know, hopefully this gives us enough time for people to really kind of get a wake up call, you know, that are listening right now. Um, and that, that sort of thing. Um, but I've been playing this stuff for a long time, and you know, I figured I'd get some of this stuff, regurgitate some of it. I'm just going to go through some headlines right now. So Daily Mail, contagion spreads, desperate, desperate customers line up outside First Republic Bank um, to take their money out after SVB collapsed and sent shockwaves through the market. Um, it isn't a one-off. Financial markets brace for more pain from Silicon Valley. Bank death spiral with First Republic, PacWest, and Signature Bank stocks down by up to 50%. And tech giants unable to access frozen billions. You know, um, and then, you know, uh, Hijacker's been sending me stuff, you know, like um, the Japs have lost 1,000 points. Um, the U.S. futures have jumped up. And the Chinese is, are doing all right. Outside of China and the U.S. futures, all other world markets are in the red. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, I've got some stuff here that the uh, – and then Tyler Durden on – this was on Friday. 300 billion reasons why SVB contagion is spreading to the broader banking system. Um, SVB fallout spreads around the world from London to Singapore. And this was on the 11th. Um, you know, uh, fears contagion have reached Canada, India, and China. Okay. In the UK, the SVB's unit is set to be declared insolvent, has already ceased trading, is no longer taking new customers. Um, you know, so there's people, it had branches in China, Denmark, Germany, India, Israel, and Sweden too. Okay. So founders are warning that the bank's failure could wipe out startups around the world without government intervention. This is the perfect time to bring in the uh, CBDC if they decide to uh, trigger the normies, cause a panic, and then we have some sort of domino effect, which they – and then they – hey – Cyber Polygon could come right then. Boom, run some sort of a cyber hit and then really just cause everything to go take a dump. And then, you know, we're all left holding the bag. And then depending on where you live, you're going to you're going to have some rough times because you're seeing all the buffoonery um, out on these streets. People lost their minds. Probably a lot of manipulation at the millimeter wave 5G level, especially probably cocktailed in with some sort of um, elements to people that have taken these injections that could be easily triggered into violence and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's very, very hard to say. I've got a lot of clips that we'll get into a little bit. Um, now, on the uh, – on Earlier today, Fed say, say there will be no bailout for SVB despite fears of market meltdown as Biden holds crisis talks that it's revealed bonuses were paid to staff just hours, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Yellen's putting that out that they're not bailing anybody out. Um, and and then but zero hedge is breaking, you know, a little little while later of uh, Fed panics. Signature bank closed by regulators. Fed, TSY, FDIC announced another banking system bailout. And this is from today at 6.20 p.m. Panic is finally here. Um, the Fed has also said it is prepared to address any liquidity pressures that may arise, which in turn has just unveiled the first bailout acronym of the new crisis, the bank term funding program. So remember this, BTFP, 
The financing will be made available through the creation of the new bank term. Remember TARP? This is the <laughs> this is the new TARP bank term funding program, offering loans of up to one year in length to banks, savings associations, credit unions, and other eligible depository institutions pledging U.S. Treasuries, agency debt, and mortgage-backed securities and other qualifying assets as collateral. Mm. These assets will be valued at par. The BTFP will be an additional source of liquidity against high-quality securities, eliminating an institution's need to quickly sell those securities in times of stress. So we now have the new acronym, BTFP. Isn't that great? Don't you just feel beautiful? <laughs> um, I know we should be coming up on break any second. Um, but, you know, so, and I've got the, uh, I've got the official. I'll bring that up when we come back. Listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Have you been looking for a trusted long term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. Standing six foot four, weighing 245 pounds of crime-fighting, political science-analyzing brawn. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born-again traditional Christian, and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my 357 revolver. I'd rather be ruled by Chinamen than Jews. Cool it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right? Just because you steal an election and terminate the republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the republic, because we're still here. I'm not taking the vaccine. you, Bill Gates. There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19 virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show. 
Tuesday at 9 Central, and Wednesday at 1 Central. We're back. So this is on federalreserve.gov, 615 Eastern. This Hooley sent me this. The following statement was released by Secretary of the Treasury Janet L. Yellen, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome H. Powell, the Jesuit faction, Yellen of the Jewish faction, and the FDIC Chairman Martin J. Gruenberg. Sounds like he's from the Jewish faction as well. Today we are taking decisive actions to protect the U.S. economy by strengthening public confidence in our banking system. Yeah, you guys are doing great the last couple of years, let me tell you. And Trump didn't help with all the, you know, stimmy money. And I got an article on that. It'll just burn you. This step will ensure that the U.S. banking system continues to perform its vital roles of protecting deposits and providing access to credit to households and businesses in a manner in a manner that promotes strong and sustainable economic growth. After receiving a recommendation from the boards of the FDIC and the Federal Reserve and consulting with the president, Secretary Yenta, I mean Yellen, approved actions enabling the FDIC to complete its resolution of Silicon Valley Bank, Santa Clara, California, in a manner that fully protects all depositors. We'll see how that plays out, won't we? Depositors will have access to all of their money starting Monday, March 13th. No losses associated with the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank will be borne by the taxpayer. Oh, doesn't that give you a warm and fuzzy? No costs. No losses will be borne by the taxpayer. These Jews and Jesuits, they're really taking care of us here. We're also announcing a similar systemic RICS exception for Signature Bank New York, New York, which was closed today by its state chartering authority. All depositors of this institution will be made whole. As with the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank, no losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Uh, shareholders and certain unsecured debt holders will not be protected. Mm. Senior management has also been removed. Any losses to the deposit insurance fund to support uninsured depositors will be recovered by a special assessment on banks as required by law. So the U.S. banking system remains resilient and on a solid foundation in large part due to reforms that were made after the financial crisis that ensured better safeguards to the banking industry. Yeah, you guys are really doing well. Now... This is this was thrown out there um, over on Sorts of Fall, which I like to read just to get you know um, um, just to get an, another uh, you know um, viewpoint and things right. Um, so let me get into this uh, part here. Um, now, so they're talking about Biden proposing the largest defense budget in American history of beyond staggering $842 billion, a historic military budget outstripping the defense expenditures of nearly the entire world combined, followed yesterday by the Pentagon demanding another $300 billion for all the weapons it sent to Ukraine that Russian military forces have turned into scrap metal. Um. And then John Stewart, you know, he's he's telling former CIA director and Army General Petraeus, it looks to me like we lost 20 years in Afghanistan, 20 years in Iraq, and the Pentagon got a raise. Um, 
And then Jimmy Dore talked about the United States as an oligarchy dominated by two corporate parties that are unaccountable to the general population. While you scream about Russia invading Ukraine, remember the United States illegally invaded Syria. It is currently occupying a third of the country. What part of Syria? The part with the oil. America is the world's biggest terror organization. Well, the occupied government, this thing, this Leviathan state that sits over us, you could say, sure, is the big terror organization. And I've said that numerous times. Um. And, you know, Princeton University did their study in 2014, basically saying the United States is an oligarchy dominated by a rich and powerful elite, not a democracy. Um, Analysis indicates that economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and so and that gets into the, the newspapers of record, basically. The Wall Street Journal um, speaks for the powerful oligarchical banking and business interests. The New York Times speaks for the elite political oligarchs. And the Washington Post um, speaks for the oligarchs running the American military and intelligence communities. Um, And so – now they're they're trying to craft the narrative that people at the Wall Street Journal and the powerful banking elite, um, some of them are devotees to Alexander Hamilton, first secretary of the Treasury, and um, who quoted, there can be no profit in the making or selling of things to be destroyed in war. Men may think that they have such profit, but in the end, the profit will turn out to be a loss. Okay. And so, um, so they're trying to say basically these Hamilton oligarchs at the Wall Street Journal sent him in their uncredited article, and now for a little bank panic, the unmistakable warning message. There's nothing like a bank panic to make for a relaxing weekend. Um, and they're trying to say that these guys masterminded the 2002-7-8 financial crisis to throw warmongering Republicans from power, the result of which put President Obama in power, who ended the war in Iraq and tried, like President Trump, to end the war in Afghanistan. Now, Michael Flynn, he was on with Alex Jones over the weekend, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, former head of the Defense Intelligence Agency and. Trump's first guy to be the national security advisor, and he got ran out in a fake scandal. Um, Now, he made the mistake during this interview of saying that Obama and these guys ran the the bailout in 08, but that's not what happened. Bush and uh, Hank Paulson and all those guys were in power in the executive branch when the 2008 uh, finance, you know, that whole thing collapsed and then um, Lehman Brothers and then the TARP bailout and all that crap. That was that was when uh, Bush. Uh, yeah, that was at the end of his presidency. And then you had the election year where what was it? McCain and Obama ran against each other. And then in 2012, what was it? Romney ran with Paul Ryan. It was McCain and uh, Sarah Palin and so forth. So uh, anyway, so basically what they're saying um, is they're caused this this panic in order to wind down this war in um, Ukraine, you know, causing the bank panic. Most certainly not giving uh, Biden a relaxing weekend. This report notes the collapse of Silvergate Bank and Silicon Valley Bank within 48 hours of each other on Thursday and Friday. And today it sees an avalanche of articles documenting a fast-looming economic apocalypse, blah, 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 blah. Um, Prior to these banks collapsing, okay, Peter Thiel and Jamie Dimon of American global banking giant J.P. Morgan quietly advise others like themselves to move their money out of these banks, which is why economic articles are now appearing like fintech startup Brex got billions of dollars in Silicon um, Valley bank deposits thir- Thursday. 
you know, and it gets into Roku saying 26% of its cash reserves and blah, 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 blah. It's an interesting kind of um, angle that somebody's basically trying to say that people are throwing this this crash in here in order to back us off um, from uh, the war in Ukraine. We'll see whether this that fleshes out or not. Uh, Mr. Producer, get clip eight ready. And this one is an interesting angle because the biggest you know, entity that has its money tied up there with uh, SVB is a crypto outfit called Circle. Okay? Go ahead and play clip eight real quick. The number two, Roku... Is four eighty-seven million, an eighth of what Circle had deposited, and the third largest depositor was BlockFi at two twenty-seven, and then Roblox at one fifty is almost nothing compared to Circle. So, could potentially the reason that they're not getting a bailout is because crypto constitutes the large majority of these deposits? Potentially. Now, I'm not necessarily saying I agree or disagree with Elio because it's just Ethereum. We're Probably never going to have proof on this. But this could allude to the fact that the Silicon Valley Bank scenario, to some extent, is tied into Operation Chokepoint. Now, whether it is or isn't, doesn't really matter. Because the reality is Operation Chokepoint is underway. You can read the full article by Nick Carter. I showed it in my video earlier. But it's, it would be pretty shocking if if this um, SVB thing, because of the crypto exposure, was um, specifically targeted. Pretty crazy. So Jordy plays on this logic a little bit more. All right, go ahead. And, and this is maybe there. a bit of hopium. So, yeah, you know, you know that the a lot of these people are very uh, leery of crypto and they don't like it. Um, a lot of the heavyweights. And so, you know, um, kind of interesting. I don't know, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not up to snuff enough. Federal reserve history.org bank holiday of 1933 for an entire week in March, 1933, all banking transactions were suspended in an effort to stem bank failures and ultimately restore confidence in the financial system. So, Proclamation 2039, ordering the suspension of all banking transactions effective immediately, had taken the oath of office only 36 hours earlier. <laughs> um, just interesting to put that out there. You know, I don't know. Um, let's get... Um, well, let's listen to – I pulled up a couple clips of um, the General Flynn interview with uh, Alex Jones. Uh, Mr. Producer, if you want to get the first part of clip seven ready, okay, that's at 1622. Um, there's there's a lot there, and it's all about mobilizing at the local level and, and so forth and so on and getting people involved. And uh, General Flynn was basically trying to say, everybody, don't freak out and go to the bank and try to yank your money tomorrow and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But I'm just going to play a little bit of, of a couple places. Go ahead and play the first part. Let me just back you up because we didn't talk before you came on today. We haven't talked in you know months in person, but we're, we're talking here live on air. One of my notes was to ask Flynn, how do we how do we not let them stampede us into bank runs? Because they could have propped this one bank up. I said that you, you weren't watching probably at the start of the last hour. I said right. they could have propped this one up. They're letting this create a domino and create fear to bring in their whole new system. So how do we thread that needle? And you already addressed that before I asked it. Yeah. So, okay. So, and really what you're talking about is you're talking about, and, and for the people that don't know, to, to bring it to a source, I want people to go read Executive Order 14067. Executive Order 14067 signed by uh, Uncle Joe the 8th of March of 2022, and it went into effect 13 December 2022, so just this past December. And there are already... Uh, corporations and elements of our U.S. government that are already beta testing what's called central bank digital currency. 
central bank digital currency. That's what that executive order is all about. Now, the central bank digital currency, there you go. And and the central bank digital currency is already a global system. So it's already in effect, so to speak. The Chinese use it. They use this, you know, their yuan system. But this is a way to control whether or not you can spend the money that you actually earn. So, you know, and and I'll just give a basic example of how far this could go. So you could go down to the gas station to fill up, fill up your car a second time in a month. And you go to put, you put your card into the gas pump there and the gas pump comes back and says denied. And the reason it's denied is not because you don't have money in the bank. It's because the, this, this environmentalist crowd, this, this Nazi commun, commune, social, whatever this, you know, and I say communist, you know, and the hardcore of them are Marxists and there are Marxists in it's the a White cult. House. It's a cult of power. In, well, it's a, there are Marxists in, in, in the World Economic Forum. There are Marxists in the intelligence community. And there are Marxists in the Department of Defense and the Department of State, especially the Department Whoa. of State. Oh, you can and, stop it there. And one of uh, let, and let's go ahead and forward to fifty three fifty six. But he, he's he's telling you he was head of the Defense Intelligence Agency, and he's telling you there's Marxists penetrated throughout our government. Well, what do you think that the universities and these schools have been churning out ever since? You know, um, these younger generations. They, I mean, I was starting to see it as I was. You know, and I'm in my 50s, but think about these kids that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s and what they were ex- exposed to when they went to these colleges. And you've got these nuts, you know, this, and, and, then, and, and don't even get me started on the TV and music and, and entertainment and everything. But just think of academia alone, the loons that are running it. Um, but go ahead and let's play that second part of 5356. Russians were losing so badly, which is the narrative that we're being told. Why do we have to keep, you know, flowing money and troops and all kinds of act, you know, and intelligence and everything into, into Ukraine? I mean, it's because the Russians aren't losing. This is, this is a, this is a loser's war. Okay. This is, this is a loser's war and everybody's going to lose and, and we're going to lose big time. We are going to use this as an so we now, the United States government, this administration, specifically those in the White House are going to use this war as an excuse to do this, this financial transition and this health transition this coming year. That's what I believe. And they're going to, and they're going to use war to do it because war is a great excuse when, when everything else around you is failing. And right now, the exposure of, uh, of the sort of the globalist elite and what they are uh, attempting to do to take over the world. I mean, I'm not just, you know, I'm not kidding when I say this. And and don't think for one second, folks, that they're going to wake up tomorrow morning and go, you know what? We've just simply, we've screwed the American people too much. Let's turn on our energy. Let's close the border. Let's, uh, you know, hold people accountable. No, they're going to triple down. They are going. Well, to General, that was down. my first question so, I meant we, to get to. Let me ask you that. When in history have you seen an elite that runs a powerful, world-dominant country undermine its dollar, undermine its borders, undermine its people, poison its people, create race war, cut off its pipelines? So the the globalists are at war with America that they've gotten a war with Russia. Why are they attacking their own power base? All right, go ahead and stop it there. I'll explain why they're doing it because... The thugs running the Vatican, the Jesuit thugs running the Vatican have always hated America, and they think it's a heresy, Americanism, freedom of conscience, and all that stuff. And then you've got the people they're buddied up with, of course, the Jewish money changers and the scribes and the Pharisees who hate this country as well. So you have these two factions. They've made an agreement to take down the U.S. because – they don't like and and they're they've also made an agreement to stamp out the Orthodox Church. Okay. Jamie Raskin, one of his tweets is up on rents right now at the top page in the banner. Right? Well, guess what? The Jesuits hate hate the, the Orthodox Church just as much as these these Jews. So they're they the the devil's crowd uh, is in bed with each other in order to take down 
basically this Protestant kind of um, framework that was built here in the United States, which is, hey, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience when it comes to religion, firearms, you know, the, the right to keep and bear arms, private property, all these things that are antithetical to the Marxist and the Communist Manifesto, which is what? Collectivism, central bank. Central bank is a plank in the Communist Manifesto. And so we're seeing this 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 battle play out, and we're stuck here in the middle of it. And uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however, glass half full, glass half, you know, it's empty. However you want to look at it, um, we're the ones that have been chosen for this time. You listening to my voice right now, me sitting here in front of this microphone – uh, you know, I've been expecting this basically my whole life. You know, reading the the prophecies in the, in the Bible, and it's, now whether you believe that it's the Bible coming to pass and it's God bringing this forth, or whether you believe that the the elites are using the the, the scriptural prophecies as a weapon against the population, you know, you're free to choose what, what however you want to look at that. Um, you know, everybody, every man. And woman, you're going to have to decide for yourself. Hey, is this is this God moving on the planet, um, or is this the elites using the template laid forth in the Bible as a control mechanism? You decide that. But what I'm saying is, this stuff is coming to a head, and we're seeing it. And now, with these financial activities, I mean, this is billions of dollars. Okay. Now, I was listening. Part of that General Flynn interview, he said 435 congressional districts, right? You got 435 congressmen. There was enough that all the money that we've sent to Ukraine, each congressional district could have had $220 million for that district. That's how much money that we sent to the Ukraine. Why do you think the potholes? Or everywhere, you know. Why do you think that everything's collapsing? Because the the the, the plutocrats, the oligarchs. You know, it's a it's a plutocratic oligarchy. And I've said this on the on the broadcast. I don't know how many times. Plutocrats, government of the rich. Oligarchs, government of the few. So it's government of the rich few. That's a plutocratic oligarchy, and this is where what we're under. Okay, and it and it has and it and it gives you the appearance that oh you vote for your own leaders, but we see with these last few elections how much of a joke that is. I mean, anybody that would take an electronic voting machine and use one or even accept one, it shows how far we've fallen as far as just basic um, cognition. Basic discernment. We're, we're, I mean, we're about belly up, but there's people like us that we're trying to remain wise and we're trying to influence others as best we can while at the same time trying to hold down, you know, life, feeding, you know, having a, a roof over your head, a transportation. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a real balancing act. All of us are, are dealing with this right now. And now you got a, a whole bunch of people that are caught right now in the, you know, in the, with, in, by the short hairs. Now, here's some good news. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, okay? But the Royal News Network on Twitter have Prince Harry and Meghan Markle lost money in the Silicon Valley bank collapse? That's an interesting question, as the Sussexes are vain enough about their business acumen to attach themselves to a bank just based on what's trendy or what makes them seem like a power player. Um, and so I source news on Twitter, breaking Harry and Meghan stand to lose millions in the collapse of SVB Bank. Um, they had all of Harry's money there. I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, but it's it's kind of funny if, you know, now, now do you think he's not going to get repaid? I mean, come on. I mean, really? 
Um, I know we're coming up on break again. Um, Jim Stone had this to say, a general comment about the bank failures. And we'll cover this on the other side. Here's some music. We'll open the phones in a little bit, too. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.